Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor. My uh, title for the day is Having an Ear to Hear. All right? And this is referring to the inner heart or the inner hearing of the heart. It refers to the hearing with the inner ear of the heart, not with your head, but with your heart. In a broader sense, it's referring to a heart that's teachable. That's teachable. You see, Jesus ministered from a very different perspective than 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 what we than what we see today in, in, in the Western idea of ministry. He knew and he understand that not everyone would get it. But not everyone would hear. He understood because of of their heart attitude that they just didn't have the capacity to understand or to hear and understand. He understood that was there, there were those who were so opinionated. They had their own opinion, had their own experiences in life. Their opinion was built off of some religious teaching that they had heard, their upbringing, things that they've been through in their life, you know, experiences. So they had, you know, things that they learned through their five senses. So they had their own opinion uh, about, you know, the way things are. And that's how we shaped a lot of different denominations and things. And, you know, people come together and say, well, we believe this is what it's saying. And we believe this is what it says. We believe this is what God's Word says. And the reality is, if you have that situation, somebody's not hearing from the Lord. That's true. There's no spirit involved. This is man's opinion, man's intellect, man's... You know, this is man trying to define God in his <laughs> in his own in his own way. It's funny because God's name is Jehovah. And what does Jehovah mean? He's a self existing one who reveals himself. I'll tell you who I am. I am I am that I am. Amen? I'll reveal myself. You you can you cannot know me with your own intellect. Amen. I'm so much greater than your intellect. Than your own thinking. Matter of fact, the things that I want to, that I'm going to show you and impart to you, the things I'm going to do for you, you, you can never understand with your own intellect. Impossible. Matter of fact, I'll give me an example. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. We go here all the time. We're going back because the word is never empty. It's never finished. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses uh, 16. I love Paul, the Apostle Paul. I love his ministry and what he did. This was a praying man. When he said that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens strength me, he knew what he was talking about. Yes. He understood. Yes. His whole ministry was about Jesus Christ. Yes. It was about the finished and completed yes. work of Jesus Christ. That's who he was. His ministry, he wasn't stuck over uh, in the law. He, he he understood the law was limited, that it was done, that it was finished, that it had done all it could do because the law couldn't save men. But there was one who could save men, who could save men. And it was so much about this one who saved men and, and what he did for men, for men who received him and, and what he did for the lives of people that, you know, received him. And, and it was such an abundant... Jesus said, he said, Jesus said in... in uh, and John 10.10, 10, he says, the thief coming, 
but with a still killing straight, he says, but I cometh that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. But see, see, and Jesus came and, and we have that life and we have that abundant life, but the natural mind couldn't comprehend it. So God gave Paul an abundance of revelation so he could reveal to us this life that we have. The natural mind can't comprehend it. He reaches out to one. Paul's praying here. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God, next verse, please. Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you this what? Spirit. Of wisdom and revelation. So the spirit of wisdom is the spirit of revelation. What? What? And the knowledge of him. In other words, you can never know him without God's revelation. Without God's wisdom, you can never experience him without his revelation. You're never going to experience victory without experiencing his wisdom and having revelation in him. Let's go. And uh, next verse. And he says, uh, that, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. Or that you may experience, that you may know what was hope of his calling. Not here, but you may know it in your heart. Amen. Amen. That faith would work in your heart. Uh, faith is a heart ingredient. The Father meets and converses with you in your heart. Amen. That you may know in your heart what is the riches of the of his inheritance in the saints. You cannot know that without it being revealed to you. You can read this book, you can read this Bible from Genesis to Revelation 50, 100 times. Without Revelation, you won't come up wrong every time. You'll be more confused than you were the first time you opened it. That's good. Amen. You need Revelation. Amen. 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 That you may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's the first thing he wants you to know. And this is what Paul got in abundance of revelation and sharing with you and I in writing, in his writings, mm -hmm. and in his preaching. And then the next the rest of that verse, he says, And what the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Do you know that, you know how many of y'all sit here like, what does that mean? The exceeding greatness of his power. What kind of power? Show the next verse. Let's look at, he said, the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, to believers. Amen. Watch this. What kind of power is it which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places? Next verse, please. Far above all principalities and power and, every, and, and, and might and dominion and every name that is named, in this world and also in that which is to come. Above sickness and disease, above lack, above cancers, above diabetes, above all these things that attach themselves to, to mankind. He says, I want you to know the exceeding greatness of his power to, uh, uh, to us who believe. What does that mean? When I know his power in my heart, when I believe and take his word, take him at his word, when I believe it and I'm not moved away from 
or what he sees, I mean, what he says, when this is revealed to my heart, I'm not sick anymore. The moment that I come into that revelation, because, you know, it's got to be about faith, because he said that the just and the righteous shall live by faith. So I, 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 it's got to be faith. These things have got to be things that have been established in my heart. How do they get established in my heart? See, Jesus said, amen. We read, he said, what was that? Go to, uh, if you would, go to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 40, 43. I think that's right. Matthew 14, 33. I believe that's, uh, 43. 13, 43. Yes. I think that's right. If I'm not right, I'll, I'll find it. All right. But what it says here, oh yeah, y'all ready? It says, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom. It says, as the righteous, say we what? We shine forth. How? As the sun in the kingdom of their what? Amen. And it says, who have an ear, who have ears to hear, let them hear. Amen. But Jesus knew. He understood that because of their heart attitude, they didn't have the capacity to get his word. They didn't have their they didn't have it. Nor did they, they didn't want to get it. They really didn't want to get it. Jesus knew that they were so engrossed in their own opinion. That they refuse uh, and they refuse to surrender their opinion. They had no willingness to change their mind. Listen to me. They had no willingness to repent. Mm. You know, people when they talk about repentance, the first thing they want to do is talk about sin. Repenting from sin. If you will repent and have a change of mind from your opinion and your view, and have God's view and opinion, that'll take care of the sin. That's good. That's good. If you will line up your opinion of yourself the way God call yourself what God calls you, see how He sees you, sin won't be an issue. One of the things that we're going to be revealing over the next several months is how is how we make sin is already a non-issue. It's a non-issue. Why is it? Why? How can you say that, Pastor? When I'm suffering, I'm dealing with this stuff, but I have these attitudes and mentality. How can you say that? Because it said uh, uh, Romans chapter uh, Romans chapter six fourteen says that sin shall have no more dominion over me. There's nothing that could. There's no sin that can stand against God of His grace, His ability, His strength. Not only that, He says you're dead. I need you to stay dead. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, but my opinion keeps me alive. My opinion keeps me, pride keeps me from dying. Because I want to keep me alive. I don't want to keep, when I'm alive in my own strength, then Christ is not working, he's not alive, I'm not allowing him to be alive in me. That's right. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me. He said, in the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me, gave himself. Then the next verse says, and I 
I do not frustrate the grace of God. What is the grace of God? What does it mean to frustrate the grace of God? We talk about this all the time. It's important, so I'm going to say it again. It means to neutralize the ability of God to work in your life. You and him can't do it. It's only what he can do. Amen? What is grace? God's ability, God's strength, God's capacity. It's God's influence on your heart. Amen? Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus knew that they were so engrossed in their own opinion, they refused to assume that they had no willingness to change their mind. Being right is their God. It's more important for them to be right in their own opinion. Amen. Just like when it comes to if I'm having a discussion with another brother about the word, and I, you know, I, I believe what God shows me about the word, but I still have to be humble enough to consider what they're saying. Mm. You have to be humble enough to do that. You can't just, you know, be a stickler for what you believe until you believe, until you know what you know, you know you know. That's until you take it before God and He reveals it to your heart, mm-hmm. not your head. Because mm-hmm. now, now you're, you're operating under. <clears throat> You're operating under the Spirit. You're trusting God. You're asking Him to reveal it to your heart. My wife told me a long time ago, and I would say something, well, that's not true. She said, well, honey, maybe you just don't have the revelation in it. Mm-hmm. And she was right. <laughs> no, maybe, you know, maybe you just don't have the revelation. Maybe I haven't grown to that point yet. And sometimes they, they, they could be so wrong, I'm not going to go to that point. And sometimes I'll find, you know what, that was true. And I thank God for correction. But in order to be corrected, you have to be willing to be corrected. You can't be so tied to your opinion. Your opinion, your being right, has become your God. They hated being wrong. Saturated with pride. Saturated with pride. That's not God where that where God wants us. What every person needs to see and perceive truth. What every person needs to see and perceive truth is revelation. You need revelation. Revelation is something that only God can give you. Only the Spirit of God can reveal to your heart. But he can't reveal it to your heart if your head's in the way. You know one of the biggest problems is there there are people they love to get the word. They love, man, I can't get enough of the word. Man, I need more of the word. And they get their word, and the word is so stuffed up in their brain that it can't reach their heart. Because there's no change. There's no change. Revelation brings change. When the word is revealed to your heart, no matter what, it's going to bring change in your life. But if you, if the word is stuffed up in your head, then it's not going to bring any change. You're just going to be quoting scriptures. You're going to quote scriptures and you're going to be wrong. There's two left shoes and most of the scriptures right, but you're going to be wrong. Amen? Revelation is not... And, and you know, we've been taught... Revelation is not something that's rewarded that, that that you get a reward for because you did what? Because you paid a great price by praying on, 
Or because you fasted more than anybody else? Or you prayed long enough? That's not why you get revelation. There are people that get revelation, and they just, I mean, get revelation. They're fasting and praying, they're doing all this stuff, and they do it right on time. They do it the same time of day, the same time of year. They do it, and I mean, they do it religiously. They do it religiously, and they think that earns them some kind of, if anything, it sets them back. I mean, why do I pray? I pray because I trust my Father. I communicate with Him through prayer. Why do I fast? Because I want to have that time and this intimate time. I want to give him, I want, I want to make him, give him first place. I want to make room for him. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to put anything before him. So I fast and I fellowship with him. All right? Not to gain something other than, other than fellowship. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Glory to God. We have to humble ourselves, brothers and sisters. We have to begin, we have to learn to humble ourselves. We don't have to make any more sacrifices. The, the scripture says, uh, uh, I think it's uh, Hebrews 13, 15. It says, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise to God continually. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So the only sacrifice we make is, and in every circumstance, situation, we give him praise. Amen. That's all. The only thing, listen, the only thing that remains for you and I is to praise him. He's done it all. Well, you know, then those of us, we just got to do something. See, Jesus came to show us God. We can look at his life, and we can see the truth anytime we truly desire it. Look at Jesus like you'll see the truth. He is the truth. Yes. He is the word. Yes. He is the truth. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We have the Holy Spirit who's all the Holy Spirit's listen. The Holy Spirit's just waiting to reveal some things to you. You gotta make room for him to reveal some things to you. Go over to um first Peter. We looked at this last week. First Peter chapter 5. I want to show you something. My God, this is so important. We don't want to be opinionated with our own opinion. We don't want to be in pride. We don't know it all. You think you know it all? You don't know nothing. Like they used to say, in, I'm in Oklahoma and I was out there. You don't know, come here from Sickle. Amen? Let's go. Let's look at... Uh, First Peter, here we go. First Peter chapter 5, and this is verse 5. First Peter 5, 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the older, and all be subject one to another. Isn't that a God of All right, next verse, please. Verse 6. Oh, and it says, look at this. Are y'all with me? Be clothed with humility. It says to be clothed, to be draped with humility. To be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud. If you think you can do it in your own efforts, or you got all this information, or you can make something happen the way you want it to happen because you got a lot of information, he's going to resist you. He needs you to get out of the way. He says he resists the proud and he gives grace, ability, strength to the humble. 
Yes, yes, thank you, Lord. To the humble. Watch this. He's going to make it. Humble yourselves. Look, look. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He, everybody say He, He may exalt you in due time. In due time. That He may exalt you. Now, here's a whole bunch of religious folks. They'll come back and they'll take this next verse. They love, they can't tell you what verse 6 says. <laughs> right? But they can tell you what verse 7 says. Uh-huh. Put up there, baby. Verse 7. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Cast all your cares on him. They don't know nothing about verses 5 and 6, but they'll tell you about 7. When they get in a bind, they'll sit there, I cast all my cares on the Lord. <laughs> He said, humble yourself. Get out of the way. Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Pride and grace won't work together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know y'all ain't jumping around in your seats Amen. over there right now. Probably getting your hands full. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Nothing wrong with that. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing this for. Is so that we'll grow. You see, a person that will humble themselves and surrender their opinion to God, they can get any needed revelation that they want. Or they need any time, they get it any time, they'll get as much as they desire because the Holy Spirit is so waiting to reveal some things to you. He want to reveal some things to you about your business. He want to reveal some things about who you are. He wants you to know who you are. He wants you to know that there's, there's nothing in the way of, of of you becoming as successful as you want to become. Because when that happens, your life brings glory to who? God. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. Get over yourself. Amen? Amen. Amen. Is helping anybody today? Yes. Mm -hmm. I got something to tell you. The day of salvation is here. Mm. The day of salvation what does that mean? To be saved, to be delivered, to be protected, to be prospered, made whole, set apart, Amen. peace. It's here. And those things, listen to me, are always today. It's always today. You're never waiting on God. It's already done. People, man, let me tell you. Man, I, 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 you know, I hear a lot of stuff being a pastor or just in general conversation around people. And, and people talk about, you know, they're being in faith. I'm in faith this. And, I'm in, and they waver up one, one side and down the other. Because they know about faith. They've heard about faith. They mentally assent that you need faith. Mm-hmm. And they say they're in faith, but as soon as the wind blows, they're not in faith anymore. That's not who we want to be. That's, right. That's why we need God's word. That's why we need His Spirit. That's why we need to be yielded. You know, people think being yielded to God is, is doing more stuff. And no, no, no. Being yielded to God is saying, Lord, I'm finished. I'm a wreck. I can't do nothing myself. you got to do it. Yes. I make room for you. Amen. Amen. I thank you. You're going to make me. You know what? He's the one that's going to raise up people to do things, uh, for, you know, to, 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 to good works. Do God, you know, God, good works. Not works where you got to earn something, but the kind of works 
where compassion and love just comes out of you. Why? Because that's your nature. Because you have his life in his nature. You'll do certain things and, and things you were afraid of before you won't be afraid to do anymore. You, because it drives out fear. Because now you can say, yeah, the greater is he is in me than he is in the world. So I'm relying on God. Let me tell you something. God is so good and he's so smart. That almost sounds, you know, it is so wise. He's so wise. You know, you know, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He is all of those things to me and you, brothers and sisters. He's all of those things to us. He's so smart. I mean, he, he knows everything. He he always is the answer. He always has the answer. He 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 he's a, he, he knows he knows. He knows what you need. He knows how to help you maneuver. He knows how to get you to that place of victory because he's already won the victory. He knows how to help you to overcome. He, he didn't leave you by yourself. He, he knows how to help you to bear fruit. Oh my goodness. But he needs you to get out of your own way. You need to get out of his way. Amen? Amen. We're never waiting on God. Now, here are these religious externalists. What do you mean, Pastor? They always do things according to the belief of the Old Testament. They always do. If you don't do this and you don't do that, they're always works-minded. And when, listen to this. I want y'all to listen very carefully to this. Because all you got to do is look around. Whenever they always use the Old Testament believer as their model for what a believer's life should be today. They're always comparing the Old Testament. Always. Some, they're always comparing people. People are saying, well, you know, God used so-and-so, he used David, or God used Moses, or God used this prophet or that prophet in the Old Testament, and they were a mess, so he can certainly use not a man one of them was filled with the Holy Ghost. Not a one of them. Jesus should always be our example. But externalists always have an Old Testament example that they want to compare. They want to prop up somebody up and then say, well, so what? That person's a mess. God used so-and-so. God used this. And, and, and no matter how bad that person was or, be, or what comes out of their mouth, it don't matter. We have compromised. Oh, the sacrifice has been made. He don't need, God don't need some man to come here and be a sacrifice or some woman to be a sacrifice. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He's the example. There are a lot of things that Jesus didn't touch and allow because they had nothing to do with God. He's here to change lives so that people would line up with him and people would change. He didn't come to get messed up in all this other mess. And it breaks my heart when I see that because then they go right back to the Old Testament and say, look at David, look at this person, look at that. Man, I got, I got, a, I got a whole thing and list in there of people who fail. We're not looking at people who fail. We're looking at people who are not failing anymore because we have the greater one on the inside of us. Where our prayers work. Where our intercession works. Where our mouth works by the words that we speak, by declaring that God is who he, God is God and that Jesus is who he 
is and who he said he did what God sent him to do yes, yes. for me and for you. And we are who he says we are. Hallelujah. And he wants us to share this word so to get into the hearts of the people because the only thing that changes the hearts of the people is the word of God, revelation of the truth and the reality of yes. what God's done, who Christ is and who we are in him. Jesus should always be our mind. The Old Testament was there. The Old Testament was there, but there's been so much that hadn't been revealed. The Holy Spirit's here to reveal. To reveal. reveal. I must be hungry. <laughs> <laughs> after the resurrection and after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, we have all that we need. You know what I said? I don't think y'all heard me. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we have all that we need. We have to be able to listen to God in our heart and perceive the truth that we don't grasp yet. We have to be humble enough to receive. You see, unfortunately, most of our struggle with truth is, is pursuing it from an intellectual standpoint. Man, I want to know the word. What? Do you want to change? Do you want to be able to have a good word conversation that you don't even believe? I want to be metamorphosized. I want to be changed. I want to experience the life that he so preciously and wonderfully paid for me to have. I want to experience that life. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to experience it. I want to experience it, and I want others to experience it with me. So I'm going to tell them about it. So I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be bursting at the seams to share the word of God with some lost person. I'm going to tell you something. I told my wife this, you know, I coached football for a lot of, for a lot of years. And I told my wife, I'd much rather coach a player that's never played before that I can teach him the right way. Because there's so many people that that played and played for other coaches and did other things. And you look at them and then, you know, you got to break bad habits and start all over again. That's one of them. Not that I don't enjoy it because I know most everybody came, a lot of people came from other churches here. Yeah, I'm not saying that. But what, what I am saying is, is that whatever you're doing, you have to be willing to die and to repent. You have to be willing, you got to understand that you've been crucified, that you're on the cross, you've been crucified with Christ, and you need to stay there. And allow him to live, or his life that he's given us to live in and through us. We need to be willing to change. Repentance, every believer should live a life of repentance. Because every time God get, reveals something to us, we need to die to the old and, and come in agreement with the new. That's what repentance is, is having a change of mind. It's having his mind. He's accepting his mind. And, well, you know, yeah, people should turn away from sin. But if you keep sitting there, go ahead and spit that stuff out about, you know, you need to stop doing this, and you need to stop doing that, you need to stop doing and you're doing more than they are because you don't, you obviously are because you're not relying on God to do in yeah. you yeah. what they should be doing in you. I mean, what, he, what he's done in you or wants to do in you and what he needs to do in them. 
Reveal Jesus. And Him strong. His power and His might. Amen? show you a couple more things. I know y'all get warm in here, I guess. God wants us to experience the truth in our hearts as an expression of his love to set us free. Amen. We're limited by our own thinking, by relying on ourselves. Proverbs 3, 5, please, honey. Proverbs 3, 5. I'm going to wrap it up here in just a minute. Praise God. Is this helping anybody? Amen. Amen. This is not just good word. This is life changing. Yes. We'll come in Proverbs 3 5. Y'all ready? It says here, here it is, Proverbs 3 5. It says, Trust in who? The Lord. With how much? All thy heart. With all thy mind. Heart. Huh? Heart. Wait a minute. Trust in the Lord with all my mind. And with your heart. Uh oh, so what it's saying is trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my mind. Yes, that's exactly what it's saying. Right? Trust in the Lord with all my heart because that's where revelation comes into my heart. The eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, which is my heart, that it would be enlightened. I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I lean not to my own understanding. Next verse, please. In all thy ways. How many? Oh. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, not your opinion, not your own ability. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Amen. He will direct your path. Amen? Amen. My ego, my sense of self, I, all of that must die. My ego, most of us battle trying to protect our ego. All of it has to die. Proverbs 26, 11, baby girl. Amen. Is this blessing anybody today? Amen. Proverbs 26, 11. Look at this. Get this. As a dog returns, to his vomit, so Paul returns to his father. So a fool returns to his father. Why? Because you made it all about you and what you can do and your strength, and you and and, and you go back to because why? Because you're not allowing him to work in you and to be in you who he wants to be. It's about your view and your opinion, and you're always going to fall back to the same thing. Next verse, please, honey. And he says, and he says this. Seest thou a man is wise how? In his own mind, his own conceit. He's wise in his own mind. There is more hope of a fool than of him. Because he's wise in his own mind. We can't be wise in our own mind. We gotta seek the word of God and we gotta seek it with humility. We got to get out of the way. If we don't like what the Word of God says, then we need to ask Him to change it so that we begin to love what His Word says. If I get offended by the Word of God, the Word isn't the problem. Right? Who's the problem? I'm the problem. 
And boy, let me tell you, I used to get offended by the word of God. I did. I used to get so mad. I, I spent more time trying to prove my wife wrong than I did. <laughs> she used to say all this stuff. I used to say some crazy stuff. I won't even tell you. She can tell you. She used to laugh at me. She used to sit there and just laugh at me. You know? But if you're getting offended by the truth and the reality of God's word, the word's not the problem. We're the problem. Amen? Amen. Seest thou man as wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of him than a fool. Why? Because he thinks his ways are right. Even if they don't work, he still thinks. Even if they're right. Even if they don't work. You keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's what that scripture is talking about where it says you return to your own body. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's what that verse is talking about, returning to his own body. Just doing the same thing over and over again. I need something new. God, remember, old things for me and you have passed away. That's right. Behold, all things have become new. We live in the new. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to show you, not, this is what I mentioned in, in, in the men's meeting yesterday. I want to, if, look at Proverbs 19, verse 3. I'm going to show you something. Here's another thing we do. Oh, my gosh. Many of them. What did I say? Proverbs 19, 19.3. Watch this. Y'all ready? Amen. Look at this. Now, I've done this, I think. I'm sure I probably have. This is a terrible place to be. I'm going to show you something. The foolishness of a man perverted his way. Your nonsense, because you think you don't know that all of <laughs> it perverts your way. It, it, it blocks you from walking and living in the blessing of the Lord. It perverts your And it says, perverted his way, and his heart fretteth against the Lord. Now he's afraid. Now he or she becomes afraid. And they blame the Lord. They blame God. I'll give you an example. We looked at this yesterday. In the men's meeting. Go to Genesis chapter 3. That's alright. Genesis chapter 3. I like that music. Genesis chapter 3. And then this is the Lord speaking. And uh, verse, uh, I'll give you one second. This is right after they ate the fruit. Here we go. I'll start at verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord just after they messed up. The Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto who? Adam, and said unto him, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. Listen up. I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And the Lord said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten up the tree wherever I commanded you that, that you should not eat? And the man said this. 
And the man said, the woman, <laughs> the woman whom you gave me, she gave me up the tree and I did it. So who do you blame? Who? That's exactly right. He blamed God. You gave it to me. How many times have we done that? You done it. It wouldn't happen. It's so, so, so. So he blamed God. He fretted against God. The woman that you gave me. Now, it's your fault. If it ain't your fault, it's her fault. <laughs> Somebody's fault, but it ain't my fault. What is that? Pride. Pride. Rather than saying, God. I disobeyed you because you gave me the order. And when I heard that serpent speaking against your word, because you told me in 2.15 of Genesis to dress and keep the garden. To guard it and to protect it. So there had to be an enemy because you told me to guard it and protect it. And the moment that I heard something that went against your word, I should have protected her. Because I turned my affection to the woman rather than love you first. I turned my affection to her because she was beautiful. She came out of me. Nothing else came out of him. None of the other animals, all the things that he had dominion and authority over, they come up. But that woman came out of him and he <laughs> adored her more than he adored her than more than he adored God. Amen. But if he really adored her and understood God and God's love for him, God's protection, he would have protected her. It's hard for a man to come to me complaining about his wife. I know y'all women love that, but you know, it's hard. It's hard for me to, to, you know. Why? Are you praying over it? Are you praying over your family? Are you serving and honoring God? Do you trust him and do you believe him? Or have you shaped your own idea of what you're supposed to be? He told you what you're supposed mm -hmm. to be. He said he would be in you, for you, that he would help you. Jesus. Glory to God. You are holy, meaning that you are unique and you're uncommon. Jesus was holy. He was unique and uncommon. He wasn't like a natural man. You're not like a natural man. You have been made new. That's what makes you holy, not your actions you, you need to live unto holy actions. You need to live unique and uncommon, which is to live like Christ. You have to die to yourself. We're going to talk about that next week, about dying to ourselves and how God would, would Christ provide for us so we wouldn't have to live trapped like that. This life thing is deadly. 
It's destructive. Amen. Amen. You, you have all of the blessing of the Lord. You don't like any good thing. Well, Pastor, then why is this this way? Why that? Because of you. Because He did it all. Let's find out why. Lord, reveal to me. Reveal to me. Tell me. Show me in my heart where I'm wrong. Because I know I've got to be wrong because I'm not lining up with what you say. You're not the problem. I'm not the problem. Here comes some religious person. Boy, you're misinterpreting the scripture. Sure. Okay. But because I'm unique and I'm coming like Jesus and I believe like he did. Jesus, faith is what raised him from the dead. It is his faith that raised him from the dead and brought me all of the victory and gave me new life and made me different that made me like him, brought me into his family. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anybody here today that's watching us that never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's your day. It's your appointed time. You did not just drop out by here by accident. Don't. No, you didn't. Because God loves you and he's seeking you. He's looking for you. He's here. He seeks and saves the lost. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're lost. You don't have to be lost anymore. Amen. He's seeking you out right now. And, 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 and the, the scripture tells us what God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He said, whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. There were no qualifications, no race, no color, no gender. He said, whosoever, didn't matter if you come out of the lineage of, of Abraham or, you know, the physical lineage, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. He said, whosoever, he had his people, which he made his children. He had those who had no life, the Gentiles, but he made them his children. And we're all one and the same in Jesus Christ. So if you would accept Jesus Christ and what he's done for you, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, all, 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 that is all. All is all. But the gift of God is eternal life. So if you would ask Jesus, if you say, the, the, Romans 10, 9, 10 says, if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, really believe in your heart, because right now he's giving you the faith to do that. Don't be confused, but accept the faith to receive him today as your Lord and Savior. Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe that you paid a price for me that I couldn't pay for myself. I believe that you shed your blood to wash away my sins. I accept everything that you've done for me right now. I accept it. Father God, I accept Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. If you can say that or if you said that, we welcome you, welcome you into God's family. You're in this family. You're in this family, and we welcome you. And heaven is rejoicing behind you right now, coming into the kingdom. Another child into the kingdom. A new verse that took place. A new verse. Now you're filled with his life and his nature. Now you need a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church that will teach you about Jesus. He will reveal to you that will 
that through this, through ministry, that he will reveal to you the reality of what just happened to you today. Amen. And whom you'll become. Hallelujah. So if you're here locally, we're at 7643 Hall Street Road in good old North Chesterfield, Virginia. Amen. Suite 200 every Sunday morning at 1045. And we like, if you come, we'd like for you to come so that we can minister to you by the Spirit. We're only going to minister Jesus to you. For something else, you know, we don't have it. But you're welcome to come join us. Or wherever you are, anywhere in the United States or around the world where you might be listening, you need a Bible-believing church that's going to teach you the Word of God. And there's three things. I learned this from a great man of God, Dr. Jim Richards. He said this when you're when you're choosing a church, when you're looking for a church, there's three things you need to be able to say yes to. Does the church cause you to value God more? Does it cause you to value, which means love, others the way God values them? And does it cause you to value yourself the way God values you? If you can say yes to those three things, you're in the right place. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're done, baby. Hallelujah.